All right, so I'm currently on the phone with Billy. He's another one of the musicians that reached out about the current interview series. So I'm going to go ahead and give him the chance to introduce himself. Uh, my name is uh, Billy Mingo. Uh, I was in a metal band in, in the early mid-90s called Estranged. Uh, we played uh, old clubs like the Mirage and Ryan's. And we gigged around the Twin Cities for two years before we broke up. We did uh, make a demo tape and was signed to a management company and recorded in some studios in the cities and we did record an album, which is currently online. Excellent. All right. Yeah, we'll definitely get into all of that. Um, but with these interviews, I, I always like to start, you know, uh, in the beginning where you know you first found music and first attached to it. Uh, what made you want to pursue a life in it? Uh, well, it, start, it started off um, probably you would have to understand the time was the 80s when when I was late 70s, early 80s. I was uh, introduced to music by my parents. Uh, a lot of Motown, uh, Beatles, uh, Stones, things like that, and which which I enjoyed, but never really uh, thought about playing or becoming a musician. It was just something that that passed the time was always in the background. Um, I remember early mornings listening to music with my my folks as we did chores around the house. Um, as I as I grew up, um, I would imagine I was probably 13, 14 years old when I came across. Um, uh, at the time was the glam metal scene and seeing the covers of guys on these magazines and, and like, and like a lot of musicians, um, having the, knowing that those girls were attracted to those guys thinking, well, maybe this is a smart thing to do. So I went to, uh, Schmidt music, picked up a guitar and made, got some money and got got some lessons and there was two guys in there that had the long hair and the guitars they got the look they weren't very good players to be just like those guys those guys were 15 16 and i was 13 and i thought they were the coolest guys ever and uh so i started playing playing with that okay so uh around uh you said 13 uh is when you picked up your first instrument how did you begin the process of you know learning it and figuring out how to play and then writing with it uh it was like i said i started with lessons i uh I had not had no, you know, I wanted to start with formal training. I had a, uh, my guitar teacher was Rick Talby and he, he started, he started playing. And the more, the more it, it became just not only a fascination with the look and the times, I became to really enjoy the music. And Rick, Rick was very eclectic. He liked lots of different music and he exposed me to a lot of music. And the more I learned the or the more he exposed me to, the more I, I had a love for music. And I, I just delved right into it. And I remember spending hours in my bedroom just picking out albums and trying to pick them up and listen to them. And, uh, <clears throat> and I, think, I think it was his, his tutor, tutelage that kind of to where I was and exposing me to different types of music. Um, yeah, the, the heart rock stuff probably was really glitzy and glamoury, and that's what you know, a 13-year-old boy would gravitate to, but it ended up being a loving of lots of different music, and especially blues. Blues ended up being a music I really, really enjoyed, and he kind of exposed me to all that. And the more I played, the more I really, really enjoyed it. 
Okay. And so would you say that you kind of pursued, um, you know, learning your instrument um, as a hobby or did you participate like in the school curriculum at all? Uh, I did. I did not do the school curriculum until I got older. And then I would do choir because I would I wanted to do um, <clears throat> I wanted to work on vo vocals along with the guitar playing. But I, I, I would do lessons with him. And then um, I, I jumped right into garage bands almost within a year of learning and i was playing in garage bands and bands <clears throat> around the neighborhood or wherever i was close to and once i had a, a car once i could drive i could drive and go to auditions and and try out for bands um <clears throat> but yeah i jumped right into the banks i loved I, I once i did my first garage band i learned how much i loved playing and that chemistry getting together with a drummer and a bass player and a guy that the guy that wanted to sing. And I loved that chemistry. And Rick helped me with that too. And, and what I needed to do for that, that, that was, that was fun. Not so much in school, but once I got into high school, I started getting into the music theory. And even when I got into community college, I started getting more into the music theory. Okay. And it sounds like you kind of jumped into the writing component of it pretty early. You said just a year after you started learning, uh, that's pretty fast motion. Yes. Yep. Yep. Re yep. Really fast. And, you know, at that age, when you're 13, 14 years old, um, you're learning songs and the songs that I would write or the songs that I would, I would write with other band members, you're really picking apart your influences right i mean i mean i would learn a song by the beatles or the stones or or uh free or uh leonard skinner and the next song i would write would be very much in that vein i you know almost copycat but i think that's how everybody learns everybody you take from what somebody else has done and you try to build on it and that's that's where the writing component came out so by the time when we as i moved on and progressed in bands the songs were getting better and better and they're becoming more mine uh, still with influences i mean you it, everybody shows their shows their stripes their their influences mm -hmm, definitely um so you mentioned that you you know got into the garage band circuit you really enjoyed that uh how long did it take before you started to you know conceptualize what your you know permanent band would look like what you wanted to get out of a band uh, it, it was actually in, in high school. I, I met a drummer in high school and, uh, and, and as being a musician yourself, I played with these other garage bands and there, there's a magic to it, right? But there's an excitement to it. It's newness, you know, the excitement drummer. I just, there was something, we were on a different wavelength. We kind of could read each other. So we knew we had something between the two of us and we had to move on and get guys that were better and and would help actually develop into a band that we would really really want so we we decided um we picked up another a bass player uh, in in, high, in college and through a friend of a friend we found a vocalist that lived in saint paul and we started actually conceptualizing it where i came from more of a blues rock um uh hard rock era and this guy was more European metal, but you also have to understand at the time, this was the early nineties. So what, what we were doing was starting to become a little passe, honestly, 
Um, a, a grunge alternative was becoming very popular, and we enjoyed that as much as anybody. So we wanted to start making it. So not not only a European hard rock, but we also wanted to have that groove, we wanted that groove metal, and have 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 different blues influences and things like that, and try different experimenting stuff. And that's where we really that first year that that band became together is when we really started turning into our own sound. Okay, and uh, at this point, this is the the main band that you're with that you started recording with. Correct. Yes, this was this was the main band that we moved. Uh, this would have been I would have been about 22, 23 years old, and we uh, we we started almost immediately writing songs, um, just because we could all feel it between each other, and everybody was. And it was a, a total group effort, which was which was really nice. It wasn't we weren't relying on just me or just the drummer or just the singer. It was a real group effort. Now, as time went on, things did change, and then there's other reasons for that. But but it was a real group effort. We made a demo tape, and we started playing. When we started playing it out, we started handing out the demo tape. Okay, at, at like local shows and stuff that you would yeah. do. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Correct. Correct. At that time, uh, that was still an era of, you know, I was I was almost the business person of the group where uh, I set up a PO box. I got a fan club started. I started mailing out newsletters. Uh, there was underground rock magazines where I would send our tape to to get uh, reviews and get our name out there. And then people would, people would, would be interested and they want that demo. And then we'd, you know, obviously doing shows, you know, you had to kind of get out there and work, to, work out on the streets and put up flyers and things like that. That was still that time. It wasn't, wasn't as where it is now where it's a lot of the internet. So you, you had to kind of work that way, that angle. Sure. But you did mention earlier that at some point uh, you did get some label attention. Yep, yep, a local label. Um, we've got, we got, uh, we did a showcase, and we got a manager, Pat Moret, out of St. Paul. Uh, he was a, in fact, he was uh, a touring manager for Sticks at one time, um, and we st- signed with XFR Management, uh, and he had his own record label and, and his own engineer and producer. And it was called Emerald Records, and that is where we we actually ended up making an album with him in a studio, pretty nice studio. It was right behind uh, the Mermaid nightclub, right off thirty five and ten, and we uh, recorded an album there. Awesome. And uh, once that album was completed, uh, wh- what did you guys do with it then? Uh, again, still kind of shopping. Cause I mean, that, that was a local level, right? I mean, XFR management, Emerald records was the very local, local. It was his record label, his thing. Um, so yeah, you, you, sh- we were still in that mode of shopping to try to get better, get bigger gigs, uh, find out more, you know, get more talent, uh, <clears throat> or a talented group behind us and also doing the gigs around them and selling them. You know, I mean, we'd, we'd sell it and we'd take that money and we invest it right back into the band. And that that's the way, kind of the way to do it. Um, we, we never took any of the money out of the band, uh, which I mean, was stressful at times, to be quite honest with you. But uh, no, that's, that was that was kind of what the mentality was with us, because that's what we learned from 
uh, the guy, uh, other bands is what to do is to keep filtering that money and then try to get bigger and bigger. Absolutely. And so, um, where does that kind of bring you up to where you are now? What are you working on now? Well, after, well, I'll go back just a little bit. So after a few years, uh, we, we kept evolving. We, we went in the studio for a second time and that's where trouble had started and the band broke, broke up. Um, I, <clears throat> I was working a day job construction, had a, had a uh, horrific hand accident and destroyed my wrist and then was uh kind of didn't even want to play the guitar or even look at music for a while because it just it made me it depressed me um fast forward uh time moves on right uh start a family and stuff and started getting back into music started started playing again and now i i go to shows i'm in a part of the minnesota blues society i go jam with those blues jams on Sundays. I'll go and do that. But my real interest is becoming uh right now is becoming making and repairing guitars. Something that I really, really enjoy. I love music and I love being around it. And you know, it's it's now become something that I enjoy doing is actually making an instrument for somebody and making it better. So something that they they can use. Um, but I still love to play. I, I, I still jam with people. I still go to the blues jams and do things like that. But uh, as far as in the band, no, no. And but I'm not. I never say never. It could definitely happen. Sure, sure. Just the just looking for the right situation. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So in all the time <clears throat> that you have been working on music and participating in it to some degree, um, what are your top memories that stand out to you as something that, you know, you always look back on and keeps you motivated? Uh, boy, I, I tell you, one one of the most ones that, that really stands out um, for me was the Mirage down in Minneapolis at that time was still a big rock club. And I remember being a kid going to concerts there and seeing some of the bands that I loved and then me getting to be on that stage. That was phenomenal. I got to walk out on that stage. We opened up for uh, Ozzy Osbourne tribute band and we got to play on that stage for 45 minutes and the place was packed. And that was a memory I'll, I'll, I'll always, I'll always cherish. I mean, yeah, we played, we played a bunch of gigs around, but that first time was really, really sweet. I, 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 I really enjoyed that. And then, you know, um, having people that uh, <clears throat> were into our music that were, you know, writing, writing to us and, and having an engineer that, who you know, was a successful musician himself and him helping us in the studio and tinkering things like that and be able to get sounds and trying different things. I mean, that was, that, that was really, really memories I'll never forget. You know, and it, it was, it was, and just playing with the guys, just, you know, playing with those three other guys on stage and just the magic of it all. I mean, you, you know, all that feels when you just locked in one night and you're just playing and you know, that man, this feels good. This feels really, really good. Yep, definitely. There's just like uh, a weird electricity in the air that you can't quite put a word to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. And it's just, and, and, uh, you know, I mean, the big bands have all that magic, but even, even on the local scene, you can have that magic and you you can be locked in with somebody that, 
And then, and when, and the audience feels it too. I mean, there were a couple of nights where you, I mean, there's nights you're off too. I mean, that's the way it goes, but there's nights when the nights when it clicks and everybody's feeling it, man, there's, I don't think there's a feeling like that in the world for me. Uh, agreed. Um, so where can people check out what you've put out there or follow you on social media? Uh, yeah. Um, it, like I said, we made an album in the nineties and about, uh, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, there was a group of young, young musicians that were putting out um, uh, or trying to find old metal bands that were, (laughs) that were now defunct and taking their albums and putting them on the internet. Lo and behold, we find out years later that our album was one of the albums that they enjoyed and they put it out on, on the internet. So you could Google estranged pray for the sun is the name of the album. And all the songs are on Google, and you can listen to them anytime you want for free. Awesome, and, very cool. And I and I hope you guys do because it's, it's it's a it's a fun thing. It's it's old school hard rock and metal. But if you're into that thing, that'd be that, that might be something you want to look up. That's a cool project too. Do you know anything about the people that started that project or work on it? You know, it was a it's it, it seemed like there was a lot of we were getting a lot of reviews from Europe. Um, and these kids were finding they're not all of them, but some of them were, were American, but they were looking through and trying to find all these old, old rock metal bands. And I don't, I don't know if they ever tried other genres. They may have, but yeah, for about two, three years and they were just, and I, how they got their hands on our tape. I will, I, I have no idea, but these guys are, these guys are like detectives. They're, <laughs> they're very, very, very good. And you know what? I I kind of thank them for it because it's it's kind of neat to have it have our name out there, and that, that I thought that was really really cool. Yeah, that's interesting. I might do some research myself on that. Um, all right. Well, with these uh, interviews, I always like to give the person I'm interviewing the opportunity to put out their final words. So, just a message that you want to throw out there. Well, I just want to say, uh, you know, it, my time in the band and and music means so much to me. It 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 always has. <clears throat> it's been. Uh, it's been there to comfort me uh, when I needed that. It's been, and a lot of times make me just boost me up and pump me up. And uh, I just want to say to all the bands that are doing it out there now, keep doing it because I love it. I love it. I love going to see the shows and I love seeing all you guys doing this. And it makes me a little bit nostalgic and it makes me, you know, wish I was on stage that you guys are all doing this. And what are these shows? Support these bands. These, this is really cool everybody's got their own unique style and you know it, it they're all worth it's all it's worth it to be heard like that it's 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 awesome 